The Bible Study Podcast, episode 537. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues our study of the kings of Israel and Judah with 2 Samuel 17. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. I'm recording this show on New Year's Eve or the afternoon of New Year's Eve, and I thought about possibly doing some other special episode that would probably just take a lot more preparation than I have time for. So we're just going to carry on and talk about David and Absalom. When we left this story, Absalom had rebelled against David, and David had left someone in Absalom's camp who was going to advise them and wasn't necessarily going to give them good advice. We continue on with Second Samuel 17. Ahithophel said to Absalom, I would choose 12,000 men and set out tonight in pursuit of David. I would attack him while he is weary and weak. I would strike him with terror, and then all the people with him will flee. I would strike down only the king and bring all the people back to you. The death of the man you seek will mean the return of all. All the people will be unharmed. This plan seemed good to Absalom and to all the elders of Israel. But Absalom said, Summon also Hushai the archite, so we can hear what he has to say as well. When Hushai came to him, Absalom said, Ahithophel has given this advice. Should we do what he says? If not, give us your opinion. Hushai replied to Absalom, The advice Ahithophel has given is not good this time. You know your father and his men. They are fighters. And as fierce as a wild bear robbed of her cubs. Besides, your father is an experienced fighter. He will not spend the night with the troops. Even now he is hidden in a cave or some other place. If he should attack your troops first, whoever hears about it will say, There has been a slaughter among the troops who follow Absalom. Then even the bravest soldier, whose heart is like the heart of a lion, will melt with fear, for all Israel knows that your father is a fighter and that those with him are brave." So I advise you, let all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, as numerous as the sand on the seashore, be gathered to you, with you yourself leading them into battle. Then we will attack him wherever he may be found, and we will fall on him as dew settles on the ground. Neither he nor any of his men will be left alive." If he withdraws into a city, then all Israel will bring ropes to that city, and we will drag it down to the valley until not so much as a pebble is left. Absalom and all the men of Israel said, The advice of Hushai the archite is better than that of Ahithophel. For the Lord had determined to frustrate the good advice of Ahithophel in order to bring disaster on Absalom. Hushai told Zadok and Abathar the priests, Ahithophel has advised Absalom and the elders of Israel to do such and such, but I have advised them to do so and so. Now send a message at once and tell David, do not spend the night at the ford in the wilderness, cross over without fail, or the king and all the people with him will be swallowed up. Jonathan and Ahimais were staying at En Rugel. A female servant was to go and inform them, and they were to go and tell King David, for they could not risk being seen entering the city. But a young man saw them and told Absalom. So the two of them left at once and went to the house of a man in Bahurim. He had a well in his courtyard, and they climbed down into it. His wife took a covering and spread it out over the opening of the well and scattered grain over it. No one knew anything about it. When Absalom's men came to the woman at the house, they asked, Where are 
Ahimaaz and Jonathan. The woman answered them. They crossed over the brook. The men searched but found no one, so they returned to Jerusalem. After they had gone, the two climbed out of the well and went to inform King David. They said to him, Set out and cross the river at once. Ahithophel has advised such and such against you. So David and all the people with him set out and crossed the Jordan. By daybreak, no one was left who had not crossed the Jordan. When Ahithophel saw his advice had not been followed, he saddled his donkey and set out for his house in his hometown. He put his house in order and then hanged himself. So he died and was buried in his father's tomb. Hithophel is an interesting character. So he's someone who had given David advice, but who does become loyal to Absalom. He gives him the good advice. David is exhausted, remember, from when we read the previous chapter. He and his men are tired. And so Hithophel says, strike now. This is the time to strike. But that advice is thwarted by Hushai, who says, oh, no, no, he's, he's scary brave. And so you don't want to do that. You want to wait giving David the time to get away, and then, in fact, sends messengers to tell David, get away. So a couple things were interesting. One is I love the editing that is done by whoever wrote this section of First and Second Samuel. Sometimes in the Bible it will say the story, and then when someone's repeating it to someone else, they'll tell you the whole story again, and then when they're repeating it the third time, they'll say it again. So I liked this time that whoever wrote this part down said, I advised him such and such, and, and he advised him so and so. It's the same meaning. I just like the editing. It was interesting that God is using this advice. God is choosing to thwart the work of Absalom. Now, remember, God promised that there was going to be this problem that David was going to have because of his sin, because of what he did with Bathsheba. And so that all of this, God is saying, is happening because of what you did. But on the other hand, God has still has plans for David. God doesn't intend for Absalom to be king. And so he is thwarting the advice, the good advice that Absalom is getting from Ahithophel with this bad advice that sounds like good advice that he's getting from Hushai. And again, we say, be careful who you have giving you advice. And this is true for us, and it's true especially for leaders, because bad advice leads to bad decisions, leads to bad outcomes. And we'll see the bad outcomes in a bit here, but he is getting bad advice and it looks good to everybody. It's also interesting to notice that it isn't just Absalom, it is the elders of Israel. The elders of Israel are with Absalom at this point against David. Most of the kingdom is with Absalom against David. This is how good a job Absalom has done in inserting himself into this role. How much he has convinced people that, remember, you won't get justice until I get to be king. And then we get this little story, this kind of side tale about these two spies who are going to send word who are hidden by the woman, and they're hidden in a well that's covered over to look like a threshing floor, and they go out and they don't find them, so they get the message through. It's kind of a side story, but I appreciate those human touches in this sort of story, that the person who heard this story, who recorded this story, liked that part of the tale, that that part of the story that happened and thought we might be interested in that as well. And then it's also surprising that Ahithophel, who has good advice, when his good advice is not followed once, goes and commits suicide. That seems a bit extreme, but he does and 
removes himself and his good advice from the picture. The chapter goes on. David went to Mahanaim and Absalom crossed the Jordan with all the men of Israel. Absalom had appointed Amasa over the army in place of Joab. Amasa was the son of Jether, an Ishmaelite, who had married Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, and the sister of Zariah, the mother of Joab. The Israelites and Absalom camped in the land of Gilead. When David came to Mahanaim, Shobi, son of Nahash, from Rabbah of the Ammonites, and Machir, son of Amiliel, from Lodabar, and Barzillai, the Gileadite, from Rogalim, brought bedding and bowls and articles of pottery. They also brought wheat and barley, flour and roasted grain, beans and lentils, honey and curds, sheep and cheese from cow's milk for David and his people to eat. For they said, the people have become exhausted and hungry and thirsty in the wilderness. This is the beginning of a section that will continue on in the next chapter called the death of Absalom. So we're going to keep reading here. But David has brought supplies and Absalom has brought out the army. So carrying on into 2 Samuel 18, David mustered the men who were with him and appointed over them commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds. David sent out his troops, a third under the command of Joab, a third under Joab's brother Abishai, son of Zariah, and the third under Ittai the Gittite. The king told the troops, I myself will surely march out with you. But the men said, you must not go out. If we are forced to flee, they won't care about us. Even if half of us die, they won't care. But you are worth 10,000 of us. It would be better now for you to give us support from the city. The king answered, I will do whatever seems best to you. So the king stood beside the gate while all his men marched out in units of hundreds and thousands. The king commanded Joab, Abishai, and Ittai, Be gentle with the young man Absalom for my sake. And all the troops heard the king giving orders concerning Absalom to each of the commanders. David's army marched out of the city to fight Israel, and the battle took place in the forest of Ephraim. There Israel's troops were routed by David's men, and the casualties that date were great, 20,000 men. The battle spread out over the whole countryside, and the forest swallowed up more men that day than the sword. Now Absalom happened to meet David's men. He was riding his mule, and as his mule went under the thick branches of a large oak, Absalom's hair got caught in the tree. He was left hanging in midair, while the mule he was riding kept on going. When one of the men saw what had happened, he told Joab, I just saw Absalom hanging in an oak tree. Joab said to the men who had told him, What, you saw him? Why didn't you strike him to the ground right there? Then I would have had to give you ten shekels of silver and a warrior's belt. But the man replied, Even if a thousand shekels were weighed out into my hands, I would not lay a hand on the king's son. In our hearing, the king commanded you and Abishai and Ittai, Protect the young man Absalom for my sake. And if I put my life in jeopardy and nothing is hidden from the king, you would have kept your distance from me. Joab said, I'm not going to wait like this for you. So he took three javelins in his hand and plunged them into Absalom's heart while Absalom was still alive in the oak tree. And ten of Joab's armor bearers surrounded Absalom, struck him, and killed him. Then Joab sounded the trumpet and the troops stopped pursuing Israel, for Joab halted them. They took Absalom, threw him in a big pit in the forest, and piled up large rocks over him. Meanwhile, all of the Israelites fled to their homes. 
During his lifetime, Absalom had taken a pillar and erected it in the king's valley as a monument to himself, for he thought, I have no son to carry on the memory of my name. He named the pillar after himself, and it is called Absalom's monument to this day. And so Absalom is defeated. Not all of Israel went with him, but in fact, as was correctly pointed out, many of the brave fighting men stayed with David. Many of the ones who knew what they were doing stayed with David. And so they win the victory. But in the middle of this, we get this story about David says, be gentle with Absalom. And so one of the men who discovers that Absalom has been caught by his hair in a tree, which is really ironic because it's his hair was one of the things that people liked about him. He was a good looking guy with good looking hair and he gets caught by his hair. Uh, And tell me that is an irony. And he tells that to Joab, but Joab says, I don't care basically what David says. We're fighting Absalom. He kills Absalom. They kill him and they throw his body into a pit. I'm going to leave it there, kind of in the middle of the story, and we're going to come back and deal with this next week because this one is getting long, but we're going to deal with the aftermath of Absalom's rebellion. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.